Where have all the guys gone? My Mac Podcast number 313. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to my Mac podcast number 313. 313. Mmm, 13. Not good for some. Well, I'm not introducing anyone. That's because, unfortunately, Guy's off sick. Hey, Guy. Get well soon, mate. I'm missing you here, you know. God, this is hard work. I've only just started as well. So, Guy, unfortunately, is off sick, and he can't make it tonight, and it, it's rather short notice. So, folks, you've just got me. Hmm. Mm, I wonder how long this is going to last. But I'll tell you what, Guy must have been putting out some really good vibes to you folks, because, boy, have you come up with the goods. We've actually got two, read it, two Skype calls absolutely fantastic i'll tell you what guy it, it, it probably it, guy probably found two of those calls and he's most likely fallen down ill <laughs> i'm gonna actually play both of those now and i'm going to answer the first one or reply to the first one and then the second one is actually a question which God dear, that sent me round in circles, I tell you. But let's play those two Skype calls. And also after the Skype call, we also got some more listener feedback. See, you came up with the goods, folks. You really did. Uh, from Jeremy, who basically gave us a review of the new Nano. And I think I'll read that out to you. So here we go with the two Skype calls. Hey, fellas, it's Mike Butts here. Um, I was just calling back in about the bug I was having with the proximity sensor. Uh, I'm still having it with 4.1, so I actually went back to 4.0.2, and that has cleared up my problem for now. I'm not sure what it's really, what all that's really about, but just wanted to give you guys a call and let you know. Well, I have to say, Mike, <laughs> that is not good at all. For me, I know what I'd do. I'd be on to my local Apple store. I'd be making an appointment with the genius. I will be taking it into them and asking, well, I need you to try and fix this. This proximity sensor issue is an issue and I need it fixing and I need it fixing now. Now, obviously, that may not get you anywhere and perhaps it's better not to raise your voice, but I'd certainly go and see the uh, the genius. Make sure that they know, because the more Apple knows that there are still issues out there with the proximity sensor, the more they'll have to think about making sure they get a fix out in the next update. So, touch wood, keep my fingers crossed, let's hope they get it sorted for you soon. That's that's not good. Hey, Guy, i got a question for you. How do you convert a V-card or a set of V-cards into a TXT? I'm trying to parse all my emails from LinkedIn and move them over into a spreadsheet 
that I can edit and then use in Constant Contact. So I need to get all my email addresses into a TXT file. You have a solution? I would be very happy. Thank you. <laughs> the next question from our mystery caller. He didn't leave us a name. I'm going to have to call you Mr. Mystery. Anyway, Mr. Mystery, um, I'm going to make some assumptions here. You did address the question to Guy. Hmm, perhaps that's why he's off sick, so he can get out of answering it. I'm sure it isn't. Anyway, I've made some assumptions, and if those assumptions are wrong, please contact us again, and we'll take another look at the process. But here's what I came up with. And boy, did it take some searching. Now, V-cards are, well, they basically get produced to files which are VCF files. So when you export um, files from your address book, and that's what I'm assuming here, you've got all of your uh, LinkedIn um, contact details in your address book. I hope that's the case. Um, what you want to do is obviously export them. Unfortunately, they just get exported as VCF, which isn't really a great deal of use if you want to then import them into a spreadsheet. So there are, well, if you're on Windows, there are seemingly lots of paid options to do this. But again, I'm assuming you're not on Windows, you're listening to my Mac, so why would you be? But anyway, I'll assume that you're trying to export from uh, the address book now. A lot of links took me to a particular website, which we'll put into uh, the show notes. But basically, it's labs.brotherli.ch forward slash VCF convert forward slash. And this is an online process. So what you can do with this particular web page is you can choose your file. You can choose the format that you want to export in, which will be in LDIF. Uh, CSV, Gmail CSV, Fritzbox CSV, or images. Obviously, the one you really want to choose is the CSV format. You also then have a an option to have a tab uh, delimited, semicolon, or comma. I would probably choose the comma uh, delimited um, file format. Uh, leave the encoding as Unicode UTF-8, and then basically you just run the card. Uh, run the cards, you run the conversion. Now, it does ask you if you want to run the V cards with email only or with phone numbers only, but you, you can, if you leave those two off, it will obviously export all of the details you've got in those cards. Now, here's the proviso on this one. This is a website. It does the conversion online and dumps a file down to your downloads folder. If you're happy with that, then that's fine. I did find lots of different links to this particular website, and none of them, one had links going back from 2008 to the current day, thereabouts, and no one had complained that this site was using the data, storing the data, grabbing the data, and then selling it as spam. And that's obviously something you've got to think about. However, as I said, I did lots of searches. I came up with lots of links to this particular website and everybody seemed happy with it. But you do take, um, you do take a slight risk there. They do have a privacy policy and you can actually download the software. Um, sorry, you can download the script, but you will need, um, a shell with PHP installed. Um, that's a little bit beyond my 
um, capabilities, I'm afraid. It's a little bit beyond my coding knowledge. Um, but if you're uh, knowledgeable in that process, if you can create a shell with PHP installed, then you can download the process or you can download the code and you can run it locally on your machine. So obviously there's no privacy issues there. But if you're quite happy, just run it through and you'll be fine. Now, if you don't trust the Swiss website, <laughs> who wouldn't trust the Swiss? I mean, we trust them with all our money, so why not? There is a German uh, website that does the same thing. However, I don't think that they actually allow you to download any software or any uh, code um, to run locally on your machine. But that website is tomota.de, uh, tomata.de, and that does the same thing. Of course, there are websites which allow you to do it in reverse, CSV to vCard. There is some codes as well. Um, so again, if you're a bit of a coder, then there's a GNU or GNU um, code base which you can you can go and grab. And there's one or two other um, codes which you can download and do exactly the same thing. But if you're like me... Uh, and not into that process and can't grab the code and start scratching your head when you've got some code down on your uh, on your machine and don't know how to run it, then obviously the first website that I came across is, is your best option. But again, privacy, 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 of course. Um, so I hope that helps. I hope the assumptions that I've made, which is that you're on a Mac and that you want to go from your address book V cards into uh, a flat file format, uh, are all correct. And if not, mystery caller, please call us back and we'll see if we can find another route to assist you. But thanks for the calls, guys. Absolutely superb. Thanks for the feedback. And you must have known Guy was off sick. So stand by to stand by and we'll, oh, I'll be right back. Enjoy the MyMac.com podcast. Check out TechFan, hosted by me, Tim Robertson, the original MyMac.com podcast host. Every week we're going to have a new show about all things technology, great interviews, fun time, listener invites. Check it out. It's in iTunes, TechFan. here from the MyMac.com podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick word that if you want to save 15%, that's 15% off some really, really great software, visit AmbrosiaSoftware.com. That's A-M-B-R-O-S-I-A-S-W.com, where you can find things like Wiretap Studio, Wiretap Anywhere, Soundboard. These are all programs we use every single week on the podcast, as well as some of the greatest games that the Mac can deliver to you. Remember, 15% off by using the code MYMAC15. That's M-Y-M-A-C-15. All at Ambrosia Software. Hello. Hello again. 
welcome back to the G-Men. <laughs> or should I say G-Man? <laughs> anyway, um, I think I mentioned that Jeremy had sent in a review of the new iPod Nano. You folks have given me the script, so I'm going to use it. And thank you very much, I must say. So here we go. Hi, G-Men. Or should I say G-Man? <laughs> That's me adding, of course. I have quite a lot of experience when it comes to the iPod Nano. For me, it is the ideal iPod. Very portable, robust-ish, with decent capacity. I work outdoors and listen to podcasts most of the time to keep me company. I have bought either for myself or for my wife, son and daughter, one of every generation of the Nano. The first one was let down by its plastic front, which scratched up horribly and very easily. The second gen was excellent, followed by the Fat Nano, which was my favourite. Actually, Jeremy, I've got to say, it's one of our favourites too. It's my eldest daughter. I got one of um, one for her in the Fifth Avenue store in New York, and it's still about and it's still being used. Anyway, I'm stopping. I'm stopping your review. Anyway, here we go. I like the screen orientation and ease of handling. I'd still be using it today had the battery not given up the ghost. I work outdoors and sometimes in the rain, which I think was the cause of its untimely demise. Probably, Jeremy, probably. Uh, water and electronic equipment doesn't always mix, does it? Jeremy goes on. I replaced it with the fourth gen, which is fine, perfect for me as I listen mainly to podcasts. But like the Fat Nano, has video playback. Though I prefer the horizontal screen on the Fat Nano. The fifth gen, I think, is probably the best of all. Being so feature-rich, my daughter has great fun with hers making videos, etc. The radio is good and easy to tune. The recording facility is also useful. So, to the new one. It is perfect for podcast or music listening. The touchscreen took a bit of getting used to, as did navigating around the menus. Generally, it is nice and responsive, but not always, which can be really frustrating. Being such a small screen, it's not always easy to hit the right spot. And though the menus are quite well laid out, but they are at times really cramped. However, that's not important unless you need to fast forward or rewind. The screen itself is lovely and clear. I've not tried putting photos on it though. It seems far too small to be much use in that way. I like the way it is possible to spin round and get the orientation how you want it. I found that out by accident, though my kids already knew about it. Typical. Yes, I agree with you, <laughs> Jeremy. They always seem to find out the little tricks, don't they? Some of the other features are neat. The analog clock is excellent, making it like a pocket watch. The timer and the countdown timer likewise are really useful and very easy to get to. I imagine the clip will appeal to a lot of people, but I'd rather not have it. To me, it nearly doubles the thickness, but it is limited as to what it can clip to. Anything thicker than a shirt, and it is less effective. Also, unlike the old shuffle, there's not a raised edge on the body under it to give a better grip. The clip itself is not easy to operate, as there is not a lot of purchase on the other end. Plus, being so smooth, there is a tendency for it to slip from your grip. The other disadvantage is that to operate it means having to touch the screen at the same time. The battery life is possibly an issue. 
I listen to it all day, but by the end it's running out. Not surprising, given its size, but I'd rather have a larger battery than a clip on the case. So overall, I like it a lot, though my favourite is still the Fat Nano. I think it is way overpriced, given its lack of features, as many have said, it is a shuffle with a screen. I see that it's possible to get the 5th gen now for half price, which is a far more sensible option. But who needs to be sensible all the time? Yep, I got suckered into this one. I imagine that improvements and a lower price will follow on subsequent models. I'm sure this one will not be my last. Anyway, chaps, keep the podcast coming. Regards, Jeremy. Excellent, Jeremy. Thanks very much. That was that was a great review. I've got to say, I agree with a lot of the things you said there. Um, the Fat Nano, yeah, as I said, it's our favourite. Um, it's still used. Um, yeah, we even still watch videos on it, incredibly. As to the price, that is one thing that really puts me off. I've, I've got a feeling they're doing that just because they know they can get away with it. It's going to come up to Christmas, and if it doesn't sell in its droves... Well, they would have learned a lesson and you'll see the price drop really quite rapidly. Um, yeah, I know it's a touchscreen, but yeah, I think I agree with you. A bit heavy on the price. That clip thing as well, on the actual uh, shuffle, there is a bit of a gap. And on the new shuffle, there isn't. So it seems that they've got the same problem with the Nano where, you know, you press the screen uh, and try and obviously uh, open the clip at the back and you're going to be pressing the buttons. I don't know how that affects it. Um, if you're obviously taking it off, you're going to start possibly forwarding, skipping, I don't know, changing the menu. And yeah, I agree. If they're smooth, it can slip out your fingers, especially if you've been, you know, if you're a little bit wet, if you're outside, or perhaps if you're running and you've got a bit, a little bit of a, a sweat on, or perspiration, shall I say. So excellent review. Thanks very much. Okay, before moving on, I'm going to mention some of the things that are on the website. There's not too many, so it won't take too much of your time. First of all, there's a Pantone colour guides and software from Ian Scott Parker. Now, I took a quick look through on this one, and it's a real long read. But if you're at all interested in finding out a Panto about Pantone colour guides, then please take a look at Scott's article. Then John Nimorowski or Nemo, as we like to call him, um, had a first-look discussion at Citrix Online Go to Training. Basically, it's an online service, uh, and this is a pretty comprehensive first look at the way businesses can train their employees without flying them all around the globe. If you think you need Go to Training, this is a must-read. Finally, on the MyMac website is a review from Elisa Pacelli. I say Pacelli... Guy doesn't say anything because he's not here. <laughs> On the Kobe Vitruvian speaker system. Now, I was quite interested in this as I'm looking to get something for Mrs. Gaz for the kitchen. I, well, actually for all of us for the kitchen, let's be honest. And I like the fact that this unit is compatible with some older iPods. The negatives that Elisa mentions don't really affect what I need it for. And she gives it a 7 out of 10. But read the article to find out those negatives and see if they'll affect you when it comes to, well, if you're thinking about buying it. So I think we'll have another break there. As I said, it's going to be a shorter podcast. I hope you don't mind too much. So 
As Guy would say, stand by to stand by and I'll be right back. Welcome back to the final section. Okay, so it looks like Apple have done it again. Everybody kept going on about phones and them getting better and better. Then there was talk that Apple might create a phone. They came out in 2007 with the iPhone and everything changed. Yep, everything changed. Now, other companies might have had plans and I believe actually that Google had a plan because they were quite concerned about what Windows was doing in the mobile service because they could see that advertising was moving online and moving mobile mobile online. But I don't think that they quite had in mind what Apple produced and they had to stop and start again. And they're now out with Android, of course. And now we've got Windows 7. So everybody is now playing catch up with Apple's iPhone. They started it. You've got to say they started it. That device with the touchscreen and the way that it interacts and you can interact with it changed a lot of things. Now, Apple seemed to have done it again with the iPad this time. They've got out there. A lot of people were talking about it. We all know that Microsoft had been talking and talking and going on and on about a tablet and a touch tablet and this touch desk that they they kept showing and kept showing but never actually come out with anything. And then Apple do it again. Obviously, they had the experience with the iPhone, which apparently originated with them thinking about a touch iPad many years ago. And the iPhone actually came from that, um, those initial thoughts. But they've brought out the iPad. It's now been out, what, six months, four, five, six months. And (laughs) yes, the sheep are blurting away. The sheep are following in their droves. We have Rim with, well, (laughs) I really don't think this is a good name. But Rim are now coming out with something called a playbook, which apparently is aimed at the business sector. But it's called Playbook. Go figure. I'm not sure about that one at all. Um, it's going to be no iPad killer. And yes, we're going to get all of those names. Samsung, have they brought out an iPod, iPad killer? Um, HP, have they brought out or are they going to bring out an iPad killer? There's going to be plenty of space out there for these devices because I think there's going to be a lot of these sold. Now, RIM is bringing out their playbook. It's not coming out till next year. It's got a 7-inch screen, I believe, or roughly around 7-inch. And in the UK, Amazon UK have been cutting the price of the Samsung Galaxy Tab, which started off at around £799. It then was reduced to £679 and is now down to £599. Now, again, I think this has got about a 7-inch screen. But guess what, folks? In the UK, at least, the iPad starts off at £429 and it's got a 10-inch screen. And I think screen real estate here is going to be a big influence on the price. Okay, so we've got RIM, who have said they're bringing out their playbook. We've got 
the Samsung Galaxy, Galaxy, which is, well, it's not actually out yet. It's going to be released in November, I believe. And we've got rumours, well, more than rumours probably, of HP bringing a tablet out with Windows 7 or a version of Windows 7 on there. Okay, folks, by the time all these products are out, you're already behind the game because Apple have already innovated and produced something which is a winner. And it's three inches larger, by the sound of it, than most of the other products. So does that mean, if these take off, and does Apple have room for a slightly smaller version to sit between the iPod Touch stroke iPhone and the iPad? Oh boy, oh boy, it's going to get very, very messy and complicated out there. Actually, I I love the size of the screen on the iPad. Um, we all use mine. It's It's always in use. It's never sitting around. And... It, I think it's just the perfect size. Now, if these companies think that a 7-inch size um, unit is more portable and can be carried around in your pocket, you've got another thing coming. For me, the iPod Touch iPhone size, you know, 2 or 3 inches um, by about 3 or 4 inches, is about the perfect size. Anything bigger than that, and basically you are going to be carrying it. You're not going to just pop it in your pocket. So we'll have to see whether... Because uh, there are rumours that um, Apple are going to be bringing out a slightly, slightly smaller version of the current iPad. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But if these devices do take off, uh, watch this space because I've got a feeling that Apple won't uh, leave it alone. They've produced a fantastic item with the iPad and um, I've got a feeling that they will like to fill that space if other people are um, coming out with iPads of a different size or you know a slightly smaller size. But they've got a long way to go, certainly on the price, if they want to match uh, match Apple. Well done, Apple. We've done it again. OK, so as I said, it's a bit of a short show. I'm on my own. I don't want to bore you too much. Um, so contacts. You can contact me at gaz at mymac.com or you can find my twitterings or tweetings at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. You can obviously contact Guy and you might want to send him some get well wishes at guy at mymac.com. You can also contact him at twitter.com forward slash macparrot. <laughs> that sounds really weird me doing that on my own yes anyway um and please keep that feedback coming in um you can contact us at feedback at mymac.com and the skype number the now very not lonely skype number the well-used skype number is seven zero three four three six nine five zero one it's not toll free but Hey, a little short call to it, and it's not going to cost you too much. And thank you to everyone that's used it so far. So, Guy, remember, stay in bed and get well soon, mate. Anyway, I think that'll do it. Bye for now, and speak to you all next week. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.